0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family-supporting gun. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio, and today's show is just for you. Rob, we have such an interesting guest today. I'm so excited to talk to her.
0: Mm, Me too.
1: So Susan Brammer O'Neill, okay, I'm gonna let her introduce herself because she is not only you know a military brat, she has you know grew up in a military family, but she has had what I think is one of the most interesting lives of any woman I've ever met. And I love that she she has this desire to help women um with their issues not only as parents but raising young girls and you know who we are as women it's right up my alley susan O'Neill, welcome to the show i'm so excited to meet you well thank you robin
2: and sandra i am just super super happy to be here and uh yes um i was raised in a military family and i am now uh, currently, not. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I need to say first and foremost, I have so much respect for uh, military men, women, and um, it is just it, it is something that shaped my life, and and not necessarily always positive. But today, I have actually made a business uh, out of helping people from what I had to learn. Um, in order to uh, just heal some of the challenges that came about from uh being in a family that was transient and my business today is self appeal I do empower women and and people in general to look inside themselves uh to stop people pleasing to stop uh, comparing themselves to others basically to have internal validation and my journey to get here has certainly
1: been an interesting one which which i can talk a lot more about i would love that and i want to read something off your website because i think it really encapsulates how i see you uh there's a paragraph on your site says the tips tools and techniques she offers women to empower them to stop people pleasing and comparing themselves to other eliminate perfectionism stop obsessing about appearances transforming their current relationship and finding smart romance in a new one and embracing their body and mind to set healthy boundaries. Like this is like this is just women, like all of it right there in one bag. Yeah, it it
2: is. And, And I mean, I had to learn all of these things. And of course, I'm not done. It's a process. Uh, but that's what the uh, basis of self-appeal is. Um, what I found in my life was that I just continually searched outside of myself for what people thought of me so that I would look good to them so that they would like me and really it was uh, quite chaotic and it certainly didn't make for any sort of a fulfilled or happy life and then as I started working with women as I started to grow my business I found that it's it is it's it's women and whether you're a woman in business or whether you're a mom or a student I mean it it doesn't matter we still wrestle with these issues.
0: Susan I'd love to talk a little bit about the challenges that you felt uh, may have helped you develop to the person that you are today when you were a child did you go to school with uh children from a civilian family or were you on a base and were you with other military children or when did you um when did you find that um there were definitely some things that you personally had to overcome
2: i yes to to all of it i went to school in <laughs> civilian schools at, actually i now that i think about it uh, i went to one school on base um in in a junior high um the the hardest part for me as a um a child of a military man my father i must say was a special forces green beret and he uh, men would tell me later in life that he was very tough but of course to me he was just dad and we moved around so much and that was the most difficult piece. By the time I was
1: mm-hmm.
2: nine years old, we'd moved like eight times already. And, and not mm-hmm. all of those were in the, uh, due to being, um, um, having my dad reassigned, but some of them were even to say a new housing area within Fayetteville, North Carolina, we were stationed there. And so then I would go to a new school each time we were moved. And, The the uh, the the most difficult period for me was as an adolescent and adolescents in general just want to fit in and they want to be part of the crowd. And and I found this excruciating after a while having to move uh, my 10th grade year of high school. I was in three different high schools that year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it it was uh of course I was just coping as a young woman um in in the myriad of ways that I found to cope, none of them healthy in in hindsight, but I did make it through and uh that was the that was the most difficult. That was when I think um the need to have uh, external approval uh, really really took hold for me. I think it's so
0: difficult in um, our society that young girls are faced with so many challenges uh, to either be like somebody else, be like the star they saw at the concert, be like uh, the photoshopped model that's on the front of the magazine where do you think it begins for a family to help their daughter and i don't mean that sons wouldn't have the same complex because certainly young boys are seeing the the built um, the the men's life um, exercises that, that oh, you know yeah, create men's the health huge magazine men's health so magazine. It's in my
1: son, thirteen year old, you know, bathroom, yeah. and he's looking at his hair and looking at his face and his teeth and his body in a way that my brothers never did. So it's just kids. Yeah, it is, and that's not to say that every generation hasn't faced it. I'm
0: sure that we did it too, and but somehow, um, I think our our this young generation has some extra challenges with media that we never did as kids. And, and where do you feel Susan is the beginning part for say a mom or a dad to start helping that young girl or young boy, not obsess over what they're not, but to be able to realize what they are.
2: Wow. You said a lot. And, and I agree that it's, it's, harder for young people today with social media um i think that the two things i think the first thing is to stress accomplishment versus uh um versus appearance at least I know that that would make a huge difference for young girls as they're starting to become aware of what they look like to others and not that excessive accomplishment needs to be achieved but just uh, praise for anything that's attempted and done uh, knowing of course that there's growth and if we pursue something we get better so um, that is one piece the other thing, and I have a vision, and uh, um, I have a vision of myself as a young girl, and again, once uh, being being upset because we were being told we were needed to move again, and my mother said to me and and I hold no malice, she was doing what she thought was right and and trying to help me feel better as a young person, but she said to me, "You have to change your feelings, and that has always stuck with me because. Over the years, as I've tried to embrace all of my feelings and, and, and have, having to relive some of what I experienced in order to move through it, I realized we cannot change our feelings. So being very open to young persons, uh, feelings, which they might not even be able to voice, but might show up in behavior. I think is is crucial knowing that all feelings are valid and need to be talked through.
0: Absolutely. I I read an article not long ago um, which was so fascinating. It was uh, the article was titled "How to uh, Start a Conversation with a Young Girl," and the conversation didn't start out with "What a pretty dress you have on," or uh, "Isn't on your." ponytails pretty it was more about isn't that uh an interesting song that just played or what what are the what kind of music do you like or i i love the way you did that art project or you know talking more into their capabilities as opposed to the superficial yes they may have a lovely little dress on that they're very proud of of, but bringing out um the the aspects of the their personality or the aspects of their um potential or their creativeness was was a far better um icebreaker for, to to open up for a little one, there's so many times that it's very difficult to talk to a little one because they'll just sit there and say yes, no, I don't know, <laughs> the, the old shrug, I don't know. <laughs> but to be able to get them to talk about um, the the music or to talk about ice skating or to talk about their their a bike or something that they enjoy in that regard um, is a far better way to open up that conversation. I also want to uh, point everybody to your website, Susan, self-appeal com. Um, there's also a wonderful blog on your website that I hope people will tune, uh, tap into and read. Some very interesting topics here uh, that we should probably get into. And I know Sandra's got a couple of questions. We're here today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're talking today with Susan Bremer O'Neill. And on the other side of the break, we've got lots more. So I hope you've either got a cup of tea, a cup of cold drink, or whatever's making you comfortable and uh, Uh, putting your feet up and and, uh, get real cozy because we've got the full hour with Susan on the other side of this break this is Robin Boyd with you and we will be back in a moment here on Military Mom Talk Radio we've got lots more ahead stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio
3: about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become Bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all, and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A Bruxelmaniac? Maniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
0: It's Marching
3: Never Heard. Did you hear about Wesley the Golden Retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would Become Bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A Bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio.
1: Hey, mamas! This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are visiting with Susan Bremer O'Neill, and she has got such a unique perspective. And I really encourage you guys to check out her website. Susan and Bremer is spelled B-R. E-M-E-R, and O'Neill is dot com, and she talks a lot about on her site from sex appeal to self-appeal, and I think that's really important because, Susan, I worked in the tech fields, selfappeal.com. We can go to selfappeal.com. Sorry about that. Um, I worked in the tech fields for many years under the name SJ, and I did that because many of the Countries that I worked with um, were not friendly to women. They didn't want women handling their technology. Now, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years, but when people see big blue eyes, blonde hair, big boobs, tall blonde, that is not what they're thinking about. You know, their programmer and it makes it really hard. And I'm thankful that you are helping pave the way for women to be the best they can be, even if they don't fit the, um, you know, if they don't fit what the archetype is for that job. Yeah, I I am so
2: excited that you brought this up and you have this experience because this is one aspect of my life I haven't actually talked much about and that is that I um uh I I'm, I was comfortable in school so I'm very smart I went to a laser technology program out of high school. And I worked with uh, all men uh, on laser systems for three years. I flew all over the United States and Canada fixing and installing laser equipment. And what I encountered is exactly what you're talking about, is that men would come. All of our customers were men. And they would come and they would hang around while I was working on their laser system. And it just never felt quite like they were interested in the lasers themselves it was uh it was very uh it was uncomfortable for me in a couple ways first of all I did not have a lot of confidence in my troubleshooting skills when I was performing that job at least not initially but also I did feel like I was being just looked at excessively and it was uh, something that I really tried to downplay in a way was my appearance so that I would be seen as capable. Um, but it was it was difficult. And uh, I, I think that, uh, again, emphasizing for women, no matter what you look like, the really great piece about today is that we can look Beautiful, uh, stereotypically beautiful. We can look, uh, strong and still do so many things. We can't, we can't change the mindset of other people though. And we just have to be strong within ourselves so that we're not just taken, um, in a, in a certain way and meaning, you know, uh, that we're just, uh, perpetuating one 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 dimensional woman we we have many
1: dimensions well can i just jump in here really quick because this is just sure. this has got like all my cylinders firing over here can i just add on <laughs> to if a woman comes into an organization and she's attractive and you're another woman Don't be part of the bad guys. You know, embrace her and let her be herself, accept her the way she is, because I will tell you, some of my biggest opponents over the years, Susan, have been other women. And (laughs) I didn't wake up, you know, deciding to be this way. God made me this way. And, yes, I don't just provocative but i do have a look that attracts attention i can no more not do that than someone else cannot you know what i mean like and it drives me nuts because the women sometimes are the worst and i want to be your friend so don't judge me because i'm not going to judge you the way you choose to display yourself to the public
2: i i I completely agree i did a um, um a short video about jealousy and that's the thing is I mean we can go back many hundreds of years women had to compete for the man and and for for realistic safety we don't have to do that anymore and the the thing that I tell women that I work with and and I have to remind myself of and embrace is that we are all the same at our core and and if we start to uh, put certain women into certain categories, like uh, um, I'm a slimmer woman, I have naturally slimmer genes, and I know that sometimes heavier women will make comments, um, then they have the mentality of an us and a them, and none of us get to come together and grow. So I wholeheartedly agree that the more we can open our heart and extend them to other women, no matter what they look like uh, uh, or, or what they're doing, even um, just know that they are also uh, the human that needs love and attention. I, th- I think at our core, we're all the same. We all want love and we're all afraid of being abandoned at some level and embrace each other because we can help each other that way.
1: Well, and just because we're nice looking or conventional looking doesn't mean we're not nervous and want to be liked by you, too. Like that, to me, is the biggest thing that I see sometimes once the barriers are broken down and we can all go have lunch and have a good time. And I say something like, oh, my gosh, you guys, I was really nervous walking into this group. And they're like, ah, what? You know, you nervous? Yeah, I'm the same as you. Just the packaging is different.
2: Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. I was giving a talk uh, at a university once, and uh, I don't know, a few hundred students were there, and somebody asked me, you know, uh, well... I can't believe you don't have any confidence. Look at you. And I said, it's not what you look like. Um, the reason that I do the work that I do, uh, self appeal is because at one time I had none, I had no confidence. I had no esteem. I had no sense of who I was. I I was drug and alcohol addicted. I ran from boy to boy and then man to man, always looking outside myself. I am one of the most even today I was like super nervous. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Yes. We we that's the human experience.
0: It almost happens the opposite way though too. Now I am not tall like Sandra. I am not lovely and young and long blonde hair as Sandra is. I'm older. I'm I'm heavy. I am very short and I almost have the opposite um it's similar, but opposite in that there are many times that someone will look at an older, heavier woman and not think that they're capable, not think that they have intelligence. And I, I, I am not uh, a genius, but I am not, uh, I, I do have intelligence and I either. appreciate. <laughs> There are many times when I have been in a conversation, especially if you're in a conversation in a hallway, and sometimes you come out of a business meeting and as people walk out of the meeting, the conversation continues. And I'm a very short woman. And unfortunately, that conversation happens figuratively as well as literally over my head because there's no acknowledgement. And uh, now, of course, where I work now, it, it is a, a much more accepting environment. But there have been so many times when there's been that opposite exclusion, not uh, thinking that I was um, – a dumb blonde, but thinking that I was uh, a dumb older woman and and not having the capabilities. And isn't it sad that we do that to each other, that we don't appreciate each individual for their capabilities? Which brings me to my next question for you, Susan. Given that we are facing a lot of uh, intimidation around us, where can a person begin to start building that self-confidence. I've known so many women who tremble. I have a woman I just did a training with about two weeks ago, so shy she could not even say hello to our director who came in and said, oh, hello, I'm so happy to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And she nearly crumbled and just slid under the table because she was so painfully shy. And this woman is a very capable woman. But where can we begin if we are that shy woman that wants to crawl under the table? What can we do?
2: Great question. Um, First of all, I do offer a, a free audio, Love Your Body, Change Your Life. And when I talk about body, I'm talking about your physical body. Yes, of course. But I'm also talking about your body of thought and your body of emotions. So for anyone who wants to gather more confidence it's a message to look inside and i liken it to being a scientist of self when i i was a a scientist working at a national research facility along with engineers and physicists Um, but then i uh, i went into this work uh, as an exotic dancer and it was within that realm that I had to learn how to grow myself back up. And 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 uh, the memoir that I've written is basically about many of those experiences and what I had to endure. But I bring this up because being a scientist is looking inside yourself at your body of thought, at your body of emotion, without any judgment or criticism. And this is so hard to do when we're in our lives – but it's so necessary and it's being that observer and, and talking to yourself as if you're a best friend. So for the woman who's shy, it's like, you know, what, what am I really afraid of here? What's really going on? And the other thing that I want to say uh, quickly is that every day, see, we forget this. We, we are, we, our bodies run automatically uh, for most of us. We don't need to think about breathing. We don't need to think about reaching. Our bodies are so wonderful. And every day we do something that is courageous. Um, and so this this uh, courage that we have, we need to focus on that in order to build more and to raise our self-image. So... In other words, I mean, just think about it. Many of us get out and we drive on a regular basis and driving takes a lot of courage, but it's a habit. So if we start to focus on the way our body works magnificently, not not how it looks, but how it works, all the myriad of uh, processes that go on to make us who we are, and then also focus on the courageous things we do as our foundation, then we can move out and build on that. It's so important, I guess, to find that one
0: thing that we do feel comfortable with. And then once you find the one thing... And stretch it a little bit further to a second thing, and then another thing. Sometimes um, it does take that little push. Sometimes it might mean support from a friend. Sometimes it might need that your maybe it's your mom or your grandma or your sister who's giving you that support. We're with Susan Bremer O'Neill. We're going to be back after the break, so don't go away. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner?
3: Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room,
0: a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today.
3: first began carrying passengers, everyone was treated to first-class accommodations. Caviar and sandwiches were presented on porcelain plates with beverages served in crystal. Flying was truly a special event as passengers wore suits and evening dresses. What do you call a person who is afraid to fly? An aeroacrophobic. The airlines required stewardesses to be unmarried, and many were nurses as well. To be a pilot was respected and revered. What do you call a person who chooses a career based on the glamorous image it conveys? A modoc. A typical flight in those days from London to Singapore would cost over $17,000 today and take eight days. What's another word for jet lag? Dysrhythmia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
0: We're back with more great conversation on
1: Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and this is Motherhood Talk Radio, and today's show is just for you. Yes, we talked about our children and raising them with good self-esteem, but I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's really hard to raise our kids with a solid sense of self, or as Susan braymore O'Neill puts it, self-appeal, if we don't have that ourselves. And so I want to ask Susan, what do you think was one of the hardest things you had to overcome, or maybe you're still working on overcoming it, I know I am, from, from where you started to where you are today? Uh, from where I started, you mean as a young girl? Just in general, like one of the things that I have, and you know, I'll just be honest, is I have a master's degree from Northwestern University. I'm very highly educated. I have a super high IQ, but I can't help but walk into meetings sometime feeling like like just this dumb little farm girl with like big boobs, and you know, it's it's really hard for me to just get rid of that image. I've carried it with me for forty years.
2: Okay. Totally. I understand that one. Uh, yes. And it is, it is about our self image. So my self image is always going to be, um, this, this young girl who, uh, didn't know anyone and who everyone stared at and laughed at. It goes back to my uh, kindergarten years and then kept perpetuating as we would move into new places. So I, uh, before, before a talk, before a, a presentation, I often uh say a short prayer that I sound smart because my biggest fear is that I'm always going to say something uh stupid and and sound unintelligent um, and the more that i the more that I get out and the more that I do it, and this is the thing about building confidence and um Robin, what you had mentioned about yes connecting with a friend and and gathering support is so crucial for women. I mean, all people, but, but, uh, women, but, um, the, uh, um, the, the piece, uh, I, there, there you go. I just did it. I, I, I sort of lost my train of thought, but, uh, I, I, uh, the more I do something, the greater confidence I get. And that, That little girl inside of me who uh, didn't want to be the new girl again, who was afraid of being looked at and laughed at, she's always going to be there. And it's so important. It's so important to embrace her. And that's one of the things that I really stress um, is embracing all of us, right? Because there's good with the bad. That young person in me who was so sensitive, she's the artist, she's the creative part of me. Now, she's not necessarily the person who I want to lead me out to give a a keynote presentation because she does become more hesitant. And that's where another aspect of me has to be. But but every single part of us is is so valid and needs to have their voice heard. So, um continually moving out into the world uh, to stand fully in truth and honor uh, is how I continue to move through that. Uh, But she's still there. She's always going to be there. I just try and give her a hug. (laughs) I think we have to give
0: ourselves a hug every so often, and maybe it's it ha, it's a little treat, like maybe it's a a new barrette or a hair, hair comb or or a scarf, or maybe it's. Um, a, a, cl- a new class that's going to give us some more experience, uh, maybe taking a, a a community ed class that's going to give us a little more um, knowledge in speaking French. My daughter right now actually is, is learning French and German. She has no need for it other than she enjoys traveling and wants to be able to communicate a little bit more comfortably. But she's doing that for her to be a little more confident in uh, when she might be in a, in a situation where other people are speaking another language, it's a growth. And, and to grow uh, in a new area, I think gives you that a little more of a self-confidence that you didn't think you had, you accomplished it.
2: Exactly. Robin, I want to, uh, right before the break, Um, you had just mentioned the opposite uh, of being an older woman or a shorter woman. and I, And mm-hmm. I just want to speak to that for just a moment, because oh, I think, Yeah, I think this is really important and where all women, um, again, just uh, looking, looking not into, not at the exterior of another woman, um, uh, but at the, at the interior, um, as we've already mentioned, we're all insecure, uh, about Mm. our appearance. You know, um, as I was, when I was working as that exotic dancer, um, I worked with so many women and people, People would, would look at me, they would come into the club and they would look at us in there and, and think that we have you know uh have everything together we're we 're super confident on the stage we're we 're super sexy we 're always ready to to be these kinds of people and honestly that 's when I was the most insecure and and also the w- other women that I worked with uh, as well I mean when you have people focusing on your external all the time it 's really hard to be secure with who you are so Again, you know, we're all going to age and we're all going to uh put on weight as we age. And we all have different, uh different genes and different packaging. And the more that we can just wrap, I actually do a, a I call it a loving kindness meditation where I visualize my heart mm. just open and expanding towards another person, man or woman, because we're all going through this thing called life. And, and managing it in whatever way we can. So I try to embrace women who may seem to be uh, less noticed or less confident because of this very, very fact. I just needed to speak to that and, and embrace Ooh. you. I needed to embrace you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I,
0: I do find there, there are many times that um, – well, it, it, it's not only women. I know my husband, uh, had been laid off. He took a, a leave, a leave, you know, severance because a company, um, merged with another one and he couldn't continue. Now he's been gray for many, many years. My husband's hair is as white as snow and it has been for years, but he still has a lot of years to work, uh, if he, if he wanted to. Um, and he would get through a phone interview or he would, um, at least be good on paper. The minute the interview would start, he would extend his hand to shake hands with the, with the person at the company and the eyes went immediately to the head and Steve would say, you know what, the interview is over right now in his mind. He knew the minute that person connected with the white hair, um, the impression was this is an old man. He's not going to be any good to us. He's going to retire in a few years anyway. Why do we want him? So, I mean, it may be we, we have a lot of baggage as women, but it happens with men, too.
2: Yes, yes. And, and the really great thing about growing older and that that we women, uh, all of us need to focus on is the fact that we have so many experiences, you don't gain wisdom unless you grow older. And, and uh that's the thing that must be emphasized more by all of us so that maybe the really young people can finally get it. We have a lot of great experience and (laughs) wisdom. (laughs) Oh, that's so true.
0: Um, One of your blogs is kind of uh, intriguing to me. It says uh, your title is Manage Your Expectations by Not Listening to Experts. When we have something in mind that we think that we're going to accomplish and we try and do our best and maybe we falter or we don't quite live up to what we think we are supposed to uh, portray or, or complete or, or do, how do we pick up those pieces? Because here we are trying to grow, trying to grow, trying to grow, and we have a little setback.
2: That piece I wrote because, uh, often I find women, especially women entrepreneurs whom, whom I work with and network with, myself included, um, running around trying to get expert advice from everyone as far as, um, having setbacks and knowing what to do next. I mean, setbacks are a part of life and the more that we can just sit for a moment in the discomfort, in the in the disappointment, and really let that inner knowing come through. And that's what I was trying to say is that at some point we have all the expert advice we need, and that's when we need to slow down and just tune in to ourselves. So mm. um perhaps perhaps that explains that a little more um we we're in a we live in a busy world and and uh we don't need to be that busy because oftentimes we have the answers inside of us if we just listen I think it's so difficult.
0: We ex, we feel like we're supposed to be perfect to our children, perfect to our husband, perfect to our bosses. And I, I think it's hard to be human sometimes. And we have to give ourselves that permission. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, uh, in, in the past on our shows that we, we almost have to remind ourselves consciously, we have to give our per, ourselves permission to be human. We may not do this exactly right. We may not, uh, have the exact Exact answer. We may take a different path than we thought we were going to. Um, and rather than worry or stress or feel that we have failed, we should look at it as an opportunity that happened that we weren't expecting. And where did we, you know, what did we gain by it? I mean, there are times that sometimes you learn by mistakes and that's, that's true. You really do learn sometimes by the mistakes that you make.
2: You, one of the things that I think is so important for for women um, is to uh, take action. Um, I tell my clients uh, action brings relief, and there is no wrong action. If you think about it, if you if if you have a goal in mind of what you'd like to do, then each step you take will either, move you towards that goal or move you away from that goal but if you don't take any step you're not moving in any direction so inside ourselves uh, we have a subconscious that is somewhat like a goal-seeking servo mechanism so if we're taking action and it's not taking us towards our goal we're going to redirect after a while so women who get stuck and i know this was myself we get stuck in not taking action we're afraid what if it's wrong if it's not perfect if we just take the action, we'll learn. As you said, we only learn through uh, mistakes. Typically, if if uh, if I'm happy, I'm not I mean, I'm happy. I love being happy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's not something I need to be usually learning um, to take action. There is no wrong action. Action brings relief.
0: I love that
2: and I love that there
0: is no wrong action because we're going to do the best that we can we're going to really take on we're going to learn we're going to try uh, There, Uh there's always a risk involved in just about everything and to be able to take a risk and succeed is even greater uh, to take a risk and not quite come out as you expect maybe there's a new outcome that you were never aware of or didn't think that you could handle and and you're all the better for it your your uh enthusiasm and your your um uh up, upbeat <laughs> that's so trivial but you are just a wonderful person susan to be chatting with i totally am am pumped right now and can't wait to continue talking to you on the other side of the break we're here with susan bramer o'neill don't go away we've got more with susan after this message We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from zero hundred hours to 2359. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages.
4: their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, linkedinlady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on Network.com. It's Martin
3: Thompson, co founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kam La for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kam La, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kam La charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kunki. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts, And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howdah. Kamla and her mother, Bai Twe, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception.
0: It's
3: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back. With more
1: great
2: conversation
1: on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And our guest today is Susan Bramer O'Neill. You're going to want to check out her website at Self Appeal, S-E-L-F Appeal, like Sex Appeal, but Self Appeal. Um, And you're going to want to check out her products because I've been, like, looking over these pages going, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun, and I got to tell you what really caught my eye. And Rob, do you remember when I first got divorced and I didn't know what to do with all my like failure feelings and things? And I took that Krav Maga hmm. class, remember? And I punched and I yes. kicked and I yelled and I screamed. And you know, it was the you best. You did, thing. yes, it was the best thing for me because I went to that yoga class. Remember that old man was so much better than me, and I wanted to beat him up. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> yoga is not for me. And when I saw this product that she has this box it out with your inner critic and you win for more success and she looks so cute these little pink boxing gloves (laughs) and i'm like oh my gosh we have to go there susan because i'm a big one for you know i've got kids and they throw temper tantrums but as a single mom i cannot throw a temper tantrum but i'll tell you going into krav maga with the pads on it was temper tantrum central
2: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Yoga. Yeah, I know yoga can be a little bit strenuous. Um, Box it out with your inner critic and win for more success. Yes, I I took some boxing. I love the boxing. And I think strength, you know, that's one of the other things, actually, that it's important uh, for moms to consider for children, especially young girls. Let's get them strong. Let's get them to the point where they know how to defend themselves. And um, there were so many life lessons. The reason, if I I may, for a moment, just mention that uh, I wrote my memoir um, almost two and a half. Well, actually, it took me 10 years to write it. I published it. I self-published it almost two and a half years ago. And then it took me two years to even talk about it because I had so much. Uh, shame and guilt uh even after spending so much time writing it because it is a very authentic piece of work and as i was working with women moving through my own inner criticisms i uh, it was just uh, something that happened i put some gloves on one day And I developed this class, Box It Out With Your Inner Critic. And as I went through and learned boxing technique, I became stronger. And that was one of the things that helped me move out into the world as a more um, authentic and honest woman, sharing my story. And um, actually, uh, just uh, my story is uh, from sex appeal to self-appeal, one woman's journey to recover her body, her sexuality, herself. And and it's only been this year so far that i've really been talking about it but uh yeah boxing boxing for strength and uh uh confidence as well
0: you talked about your uh started talking about your memoir was this difficult for you to uh, make public because it was uh exposure that you weren't ready to reveal
2: it was difficult for yes uh, yes and no. You know, I am uh, I may look courageous and I guess I am courageous uh, in the fact that courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to walk through the fear. So I keep walking through fear. Um, my memoir I wrote because I needed to make some sense out of what I'd experienced and I wanted to share uh, what I'd gone through so that I could empower other women. My I dedicate my book to all the lost girls and lonely women looking for love in all the wrong places and in all the wrong ways, because mm. that's who I was. I really, really thought that if I just looked good, if I just uh said the right things, if I did what you wanted, if I had the right boyfriend, you know, that that would be it. Life would be grand. And, and um I was so mistaken. And so I, I, I wrote this book and I share some highly personal parts um uh and and I think a a, a big part of my hesitation to to talk about it was even the fact that uh, uh my mother had I had told my mother about about my book and and she wanted to read it and and then she tried to read it and she told me she couldn't and uh it was very difficult for me and, and, uh, um, but it is, it is honest and I don't share all, I, I don't share the pretty parts. I share the difficult parts. And so it's not for the faint of heart, but it is a journey. It's a journey. And, and I must add quickly too that I have come through to the other side and I have a wonderful husband whom I've been married to for eight and a half years and we have six lovely rescue animals and, you know, <laughs> life is so much different today, but, it was a very, it was very tough. It was very, oh.
1: very, very tough. Yeah. Well, yeah. and Susan, this is Sandra. I, I want to pop in really quick. Did you find, cause see, I found this too. When I went in, you went into your boxing and I went into my uh, uh, Krav Maga class and I, as I got stronger physically, as I punched and kicked and got stronger, I found that I could go on the radio and talk about these things that were previously enormous shame for me and whatever it did that like for you if it was boxing for me it was Krav Maga whatever that strengthening did allowed me to to face it to own it to say it and then to let it go did that happen to you as part of your boxing to your book um you know process
2: yes I think so I think it's been a long process for me to to move through shame uh, um, but, but the boxing was sort of the final the final piece of it and I want to say that about shame um, it is so important to share it doesn't need to be at a national level or you don't need to write a memoir to 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 talk about the things that you have shame about but it is so important to find that trusted person and and talk about the things that you have the shame around because that's how you heal the shame um and you move through it uh and and of course then um finding empowering people to to uh to uh, uh be inspired by um but yes to answer your question yes the boxing i think was tremendous in many ways
1: Right, because I found that shame can only live in silence and darkness. And when I started talking about it, it was amazing how many women came out and said, oh, my gosh, the same thing happened to me. Oh, my gosh, I left a marriage like that, and now I'm remarried. And what it did was it turned the shame into, oh, my gosh, this I'm not the only person this has ever happened to, which really felt good for me. And then when I saw other women who had walked the path before me, And where they were now, it gave me hope. So it was really a surprising thing for me to go from absolute mortifying, stay in your house, lock the doors, pull the shades down, shame to where I am today. And and now I can be a source of hope for other women. I think it's so important what you're doing.
2: Mm, Thank you. Yes, hope. Hope, uh, Hope is the only thing stronger than fear. Actually I, I heard that in a um um it's a quote I heard in one of the Hunger Games movies and I just <laughs> love that and, and we all need hope. Hope that there is something beyond perhaps where we are right now and yes, communication and community support um to, to help us stay grounded uh in who we are and in the process of of what life is, definitely.
0: Well, and I think sometimes you can um, accomplish something without feeling that sense of conquering it and you may get through a divorce or you may get through something on paper or you may get through it, uh, the procedure is done. But until you have that sense that your heart has been able to conquer it and, and whether it be the Boxing or the Krav McGraw or whatever it is that made you feel strength to overcome it in your heart, that's when I think then you conquer it and then you have that strength to say, oh, I did this, I got through it, I'm in a good place now, I can go on. And you can't, if, if you've got this baggage, I don't think you can go on to the next part of your life without tainting it with what's left over. You do have to sort of get beyond it and get on, um, and have that sense of it's done. I have finished it.
2: You're, you're right. And, and there is no, there is nothing that you can learn that will, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to help you move through as you call baggage. Um, Mm. but, 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 you have to move through it. You can't deny it or run away from it. And that's what right. I had done for so long is, is in, in essence, I was, uh I was a head living in a body. I like to say that I was brain smart, but I wasn't too body smart because I wasn't mm. feeling what was happening inside of me. So the ability to, to, uh to feel, to, to have that trusted space that trusted person that that ability to be that scientist of self and look inside objectively with love and compassion as you would a best friend that's Mm -hmm. what will help you uh, move through the challenge and the hurt and the pain in order to create space See, we have to have space for new things to come into our lives and we only get that through the courage um I, I encourage I encourage everyone to <laughs> at least download the audio. It's a free audio on my website, Love Your Body, Change Your Life. And there's a really uh, interesting piece towards the end um from uh, um uh oh I forget the name, but but there, download the audio. It's free and uh um because everyone has the ability to change um through courage. So anyway. Oh Susan, this
0: is this is marvelous. We want uh to direct you to selfappeal.com. dot com and as uh she was uh, Susan was just asking you to do, go to the products uh in the navigation and you'll see Love Your Body Change Your Life audio download right there for you, as well as other um downloads if you want to uh go further in uh but susan we are at the end of the show and what a delightful show we definitely want to bring you back on in the future this is it's so invigorating and exciting and i only am thirsting for more to talk to you so uh and i'm sure everybody else is as well
2: well thank you robin and sandra as well it's been my pleasure i i love talking about all this and i love talking with uh with women especially, um, and the fact that your military is just amazing. They are. They absolutely are. Um And I think
0: sometimes it is just verbalizing things. Maybe it's talking in the mirror and saying, I'm going to do this. But you are going to uh, face your challenges. You're going to find the way. And because of of your conquering it, uh you're going to be, as you say, make room for all of the other things that are that are ahead. And we need to live life. We can't uh, shy away from it. We're going to live it one way or another. We might as well live it with our head high and our shoulders back and we're just going to take it on whatever it throws at us we're going to take it on thanks so much susan
2: well thank you so much for having me
0: Mm, Susan Bramer O'Neill uh, again her website is selfappeal.com we're so delighted that you were with us today if you've missed any portion of this show or any of our other shows visit our website militarymomtalkradio.com we're also on iTunes all of our podcasts are right there uh, well over 200 of them now are in the bank so we hope you will uh, take a moment to uh, download some of those some of the kids are back in school and that might give you a little time uh, to appreciate a show you might have missed over the summer. Um, We welcome you back next week. We'll be back again with another great guest here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.